Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. In the world of modern day journalism, the news never sleeps. The offseason does not mean you're taking a break. Potentially, it means you're doing more. And that is very true for myself and also my guest on this episode of Mike Drop, made possible by the Believe Network and available everywhere you get your podcasts Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Google Play, etc. And my guest for this show will be Nick Farabaugh, colleague of mine in the Pittsburgh media market and throughout the Sports Now family of networks at Steelers Now. As we will talk about the Steelers offseason so far, the hiring of Arthur Smith as the new offensive coordinator, the hire that fans have probably been waiting for since prior to Matt Kanda finally being fired, has now been made. How that will impact Kenny Pickett, George Pickens, etc. It's also draft season. Nick's been covering it as well as anybody out there at the Senior Bowl, at the Shrine Bowl, and we're both going to be at the Combine coming up. So we'll get his take on who the Steelers are looking at, what he thinks the Steelers are going to do, and then even his thoughts on a West Virginia Mountaineer player that I cover directly in Zach Frazier and if he's going to be connected to the Steelers. He's connected, but will he eventually be drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers? A lot of people are saying that is going to happen, but uh, I get almost more pessimistic the more people say it, even though it makes tons of sense. So... Without any further ado, I will bring on my friend and colleague, Nick Fairbaugh. Nick, how you doing, man? I love how you're letting the flow hang out. Yes. In yes the winter months. You, you need you do it to keep warm. I, sometimes I know you do pull it back. Yeah. Um, yeah, sometimes it's to keep warm. Just having a good day, though. The curls are okay. kind of curling and, you know. <laughs> they are we, curling. We, 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 we kind of let it pop when it needs to pop, so. Um, I, I do, I'm doing that right now. You know, um, it's a good switch up too. Um, yeah. sometimes it can get a, a little boring just pulling it back all the time. You know? Okay. You need to switch up the look sometimes. Sometimes you do need to let the flow go. Uh, that's true. I, and I think when I first met you years ago, you, you had this flow and then you pulled it back. Then you went back and forth. I've never seen you with a, a full on buzz cut, Mike Osti style. But outside of that, I, maybe in the summer that'll happen. Uh, but but you are you are bringing the flow game right now. So you win the hair award here, as I do have a hat on uh, so far on this show. But to get right into it, Nick, the Steelers hire Arthur Smith. Some think it makes sense for at least who's on the roster. Some are upset because they wanted the roster to change, even though you and I don't know that wasn't really probably going to happen. A lot of this always connects back to the quarterback play and the future of Kenny Pickett and what this offense is going to do. And Arthur Smith has been an offensive coordinator before, but a run first team. He's been a head coach, run first team. Steelers had success on the ground last year, maybe more on the ground, but is that the offense that teams should want in this modern day of the NFL where it takes strong quarterback play to go far? What are your thoughts on Smith and all of the conversations that have followed Arthur Smith being hired as offense coordinator. It's kind of interesting because it's pretty clear that they are recognizing they have limited quarterback play. Okay. Um, it doesn't necessarily feel like to me that they are looking to drastically change that room. Um, <laughs> you know, we're talking about Kenny Pickett probably being the starter, right? I think that's yeah. coming clear. Um, so, that's a big part of this. Um, the guardrails that are in Arthur Smith's system, we're talking about half-field reads, play action, run the ball first, You know, shorten the progressions, make it just one-two. 
Um, they run a lot of one-side stuff, whether that's off play action or in the drop-back passing game, where a guy like Kenny Pickett's not going to have to go through a ton of processing. So it's going to slow down you know, the pocket movement, so he's not going to have to spin out of the pocket as much theoretically. He's going to be able to get the ball out quick. The guardrails for quarterbacks in this system are why it can work for okay. subpar quarterback play. Um, it's why Ryan Tannehill was really successful in this system, but it doesn't work for everyone. Didn't work for Desmond Ritter. Um, that was pretty clear. <laughs> um, so, you know, you, you look at a guy like Kenny Pickett and you say, can you do that? If you can't do the bare minimum, if you can't just read one side of the field, get to the right guy, you yeah. are not a playable quarterback in the NFL. Um, I think we saw flashes during the one and a half games post Matt Canada that we saw of Kenny Pickett that he is capable of doing that. So I think we could see uh, Kenny Pickett um, potentially do that, but that's why this hire was so kind of maligned, I think. Um, and I say maligned because I don't think all of it was true. Um, I don't think that he It has wasn't the, the sexy hire that I think fans are no, looking for. I think fans and media were maybe – some were looking for a sexy hire. That was not the case, and I think right. that's why there's disappointment by right. some it's, fans, even if it'll work out. It wasn't Zach Robinson, for example, for, you right. know, the young hotshot from the McVay tree. It wasn't Clint Kubiak. Yeah. Um, so it, it wasn't that, but Art Smith is very uh, McVay adjacent. He came up pretty much okay. with um, Matt McVay LaFleur. Adjacent, I, I like that. Um, like he's very, he runs a very similar scheme to what Sean McVay did, did okay. and does. He just needs to evolve it. I think that's what I'm going to be looking for. How do you evolve it? Last year ran so much zone runs. You know, we're talking about, He's running the 2019 version of the Sean McVay scheme, while Sean McVay has updated his version to the 2024 version of the Sean McVay scheme. So can Arthur Smith look at his offense and say, all right, these are the changes that need to be made. You can't be running wide zone and just try and hit play action off of that anymore. You could when you were first coming up under you know McVay and, and Shanahan and LaFleur and all these guys, but all of those guys yeah. have changed their schemes. They run more gap stuff. Like the Steelers run scheme that they ran at the end of last year with the counter, crunch, um, trap, all that stuff was very similar to what McVeigh and Shanahan were doing. Like basically, and this was pointed out to me um, by Derek Bell, who I work with over at Steelers. Now you look at when they played the Rams in LA and their usage of like the very same exact schemes that they run. It's like a mirror. Like they, they played LA and stole the scheme. Like it was pretty funny actually, but it it's was a copycat old. league, but that eh, it's a, it's a copycat league, but that's the guy yeah. that's, you know, out in the forefront yeah. of everything. If right. you're steal from a guy, you better steal from Sean McVay. Like <laughs> there's a lot of better guys you can, you know, there's, there's a lot <laughs> sure. of guys that you would want to steal from. And he's, he's at the top of the list. Yeah. Um, so I, I hope to see some of that element in, um, I, I want to see the pulling guards still. I want to, I want to see, you know, getting downhill, um, it's an interesting hire, but what happens oftentimes with these types of guys, you know, Arthur Smith is only 41. Um, so he's not, you know, a retread that's like 55. And um, we're talking about a guy that is 41 um, that has play calling experience of a half decade now between yeah. the head coaching job and Tennessee. What happens sometimes with these guys is when they get fired from an unsuccessful head coaching gig, especially when you're young, when you're 41, for example, you kind of look yourself in the mirror and say, what do I have to change? What can I do to get back there? Now, Arthur Smith could be one of those guys that thinks he's the smartest guy in the room, doesn't want to change at all. <laughs> We've seen that before, right? We've seen, With before, some, right? We've seen this before. Seen coaches do that, yeah. But it also can be the case that he looks at his tenure in Atlanta and says, okay, what, what did I do wrong? Let's fix this. Let's do this. Um, and so there's a few things I think that he does really well. I like the play action stuff. Middle of the field is going to be wide open this year. They're going to get that okay. going. If you have often looked at their passing charts and said mm -hmm. they don't go to the middle of the field, 
it's coming. It is 100% okay. coming this year. Yeah, yeah. There's no yeah. doubt about it. They're going to run wide zone, but are they going to run gap schemes? Is their drop back passing game going to look a little different than what Arthur Smith has done? Is he going to take some of that, you know, McVeigh kind of tree stuff? Um, right now, it's just about seven to eight concepts. They run about dagger. They run Hank. They run spacing. Um, they run different kind of types of, of, of route concepts. They run switch. I mean, just basic stuff. Like if you play Madden, you probably yeah. know many of the concepts that they run. Right, yeah, right, yeah. Um, <laughs> But it's not it's not you know super in depth crazy stuff. It's better than Matt Canada's scheme. I'll say that for sure. But and um, and as you're saying, that, it, you probably don't want a complicated system. No no shade to Kenny Pickett in terms of being intelligent and learning a system. But when you're a quarterback with pressure to figure it out, you're coming off an injury plagued year where you got benched and you got a lot of pressure. You're playing in the the market that you went to college. Keeping it simple is probably the best recipe. That's probably a help to him. That's not a negative. It's not an insult to his intelligence. It's just best right now yes i think that's a big part of it i also think the part of it you know when we're talking about quarterback limitations is what scheme can get the best out of that type of scheme yeah. um, and art smith is definitely kind of one of those um so i look at that and say okay where are you going to kind of fit into kind of the the personnel of this and a big part of it i think is trying to minimize quarterback weakness um maybe the Steelers just don't see a a real lane this year to getting a guy, right? Maybe, you know, they're picking 20th. They don't have a ton of cap space and they're going to want to probably identify, you know, offensive line and secondary and want to get that figured out. Um, Maybe what they want to do is they want to build up the rest of the team, give Kenny Pickett one more shot. He doesn't do it in 25. They've got a ready-made team for a quarterback to come into like that. That's very possible, right? That could be the long game. That could be the long game. And we know, the everyone really knows the Pittsburgh Steelers forever are all about the long game. Like they are sitting there probably thinking they are the smartest men in the room and it's worked at times. And yeah, they haven't won a playoff game in a while, but they are probably thinking to themselves, we'll play the long game. And if it's two, three years from now, when we're in a Super Bowl, we're in a championship game, we'll sit back and tell all the media, you should have stuck with us. It was a long game. We're not knee jerk, etc. So that could be the plan that you're detailing. It is ironic. They have the 20th pick. That was where they picked Kenny Pickett. He was the only first-round quarterback taken that year, but this is not that year. You're not going to get a first-round QB at 20 that is one of those top guys in comparison to who they fell in love with that year, even if you do get someone later. So this is all about Pickett, and there, it seems, yeah, reading the tea leaves, he's going to get another shot at things. What I do want to touch on before we get back to Pickett, and this goes to – your comments about you believe Pickett's quarterback one and even Tomlin kind of alluding that he's going to have a leg up, I think was kind of the phrasing, even though they will compete, whether it be with Mason Rudolph, who would need to be brought back or somebody else. A lot of fans want Justin Fields and kind of flasher names, Kirk Cousins, etc. It sounds like that's pie in the sky from, from pretty much what anybody's saying out there. However, Art Rooney did make some contradictory comments to that recently when he spoke to the media and basically said they're not closing the door on any of that, including going and getting a sexier big name and giving up draft picks, et cetera, and mortgaging the future for somebody like that. That would go against what they normally do. Usually they bring in a Michael Vick, a Charlie Batch, a veteran QB of Aaron Leftwich, who is cheaper at the time and can win you two or three games and mentor a young guy in one last shot. That would be like if they would bring Rudolph back or if they would even bring Tannehill in, who you mentioned is connected to Smith, and that could be that type of guy. Do you believe what Rooney's saying could leave that door open? Do you think he just maybe 
was saying it, but you still have no belief that's actually going to happen. What were your thoughts when you heard that from him? Because that goes against what everybody else who really follows this team and covers this team believes is going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't expect them to go out and, for example, get Justin Fields. Like, I, I don't think that's okay. yeah. something they do. I don't right. expect them to sign Kirk Cousins. I don't expect them to sign Baker Mayfield. Right. For one, I think Baker Mayfield and Kirk Cousins are going back to Minnesota and Tampa. I think that that's a big part of that. For two, I don't think they're going to give up a second or a first round pick for Justin Fields. Um, now, I think the door he kept open was, what if something crazy happens? We, yeah. we see something crazy happen every offseason. We do. What if uh, I'm just throwing this out there? It's not saying it's going to happen. Sure. What if Justin Herbert becomes available for trade? What if the new regime in I mean Harbaugh loves him? That would right. be something. Yeah, like, this is not going to happen. But I'm just right. I'm just playing devil's advocate. <laughs> sure, like, sure. Yeah. I feel like that's what Rooney was more referring okay. to. Like, uh, if this guy comes available, like Justin Herbert ever came available, like you'd be a fool not to trade. You know the the whatever sure. first or whatever it would take to get him. Like, so I don't, I mean, they like, didn't do it for Rogers a couple years ago when that was a whole conversation. I mean, yeah, I didn't I mean, believe that was ever going to happen either, but that would be that example. Yeah. I think this is a little different just because they have drafted a quarterback and maybe they don't okay. see yeah, Kenny yeah. getting there. But again, I, there's no, I don't feel like they feel like there's a path okay. to it. Um, I, I think Justin Fields is an interesting conversation um, just because he probably is pretty cost effective. Like a second round pick for your potential franchise quarterback is nothing. Um, but there's also a possibility they just don't like Justin Fields. Like, do that, you do you like Justin Fields enough that hypothetically in our world that if they would go get him, would he be somebody that you believe would instantly beat out Pickett, would be the starter, could be a pro bowler, could do what he did toward the end of last year with the Bears where he showed a little something, and could be your guy that could lead them to a Super Bowl? Because if you're doing that and you're bringing in a Fields, you got to believe he can, he can lead you to the promised land or then there's really no point of doing it. You could probably get nine wins right now I mean, is he an upgrade over kenny pickett yes um is he a drastic upgrade to where i'm gonna say he's the franchise quarterback right that's what no. i'm asking i just okay. i think that move is a lot riskier than people are playing it up to be yes you get him in here and maybe he's the franchise but like you gotta pick up the fifth year at that point because that's gonna be a big decision and if you turn down a fifth year and trade a second or even trade a first because yeah. there could easily be a team the steelers could offer their second round pick at 51st overall they're going to be teams in front of them. The Raiders could offer their second. Um, the Patriots could offer their second. Like they might have to give up a first if they really want to just field. And I, I don't, I wouldn't do it. Um, I think, you know, what Justin Fields did at the end of last year, a little overblown. Like you look at the stats that he actually put up, not the raw stats, but some of the, you know, sure. actual advanced stuff. Um, a lot of it was because that Bears defense really got going and they started to play at a very high level. Now, yeah. Fields is a guy that when he has a very good defense can get you wins. I think that's very, very, very true. But would I want to give up a second-round pick for him? I don't know about that. And I think the Steelers would have to overpay for him. I'm not fully in on fields like a lot of people are. I think there's you got to figure it's a two or three win swing, or you, there's no reason to do it. That's a thing. Yeah, I, I just don't know if there is. Like, I just don't know if there is. Could I? If, if would I? Could I bring in? I don't know Jacoby Brissett and get very similar results. I feel like I could. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. and, and I still feel like, you know, I do feel like there is some meat left on the bone with Kenny Pickett um, just because I really wanted to see him more after Matt Canada was gone. Yeah. I in the one and a half games he played without Matt Canada, 
were the best six quarters he has played. <laughs> that's the thing. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm not even saying Kenny Pickett's, you know, a franchise quarterback or anything, but when I'm weighing that versus giving up a first round pick for a guy that is still not proven, and I think there's a lot more red flags with Justin Fields than people will tell you okay. there are. Yeah. Um, I just, I would just rather take Kenny Pickett and see what he's got there, I think, than giving up a first. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my take on that one. Um, I again, I, I kind of I, I would like to see them upgrade the quarterback position. Like a Kenny Pickett, Mason Rudolph room is yikes. Um, that is not a good quarterback room. But also, you don't want to just burn draft picks just in the name of a slight upgrade for a guy that might yeah. be gone in a year. Like, so you would be you would be more comfortable if you're the Steelers with a picket Rudolph return, run it back again, maybe overpay a little bit for Rudolph, but it's open market. You're not giving up draft capital versus say having to give up that first round pick because it's a later one and make it a Fields picket room. I, I would I would rather do that than give up a first for Justin Fields. Um, but I think there are lots of upgrades in the free yeah, agency market over. There's um, there's other options Rudolph. out there. Yeah, yeah, sure, for sure. And and Rudolph can make a decision. If I'm him, I've said this before on shows. I think you've even kind of alluded to this before. If I'm him, I might even want to move on. Like you kind of fixed your image a little bit with the fans. You're able to have that good end. Leave it there. And 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 coming back and losing a picket again, which will probably be end up with happening. I I don't. That's not. I don't know. If, that's what I would want to do. When is Mason Rudolph's value ever going to be this again? This is the time if he wants to get out and get some money or even right. get a shot elsewhere. But some have also argued that if he wants to try to start, that he his best chance might be taking a little bit of a less situation and coming back to the Steelers and trying to beat out Pickett because he's the easiest guy to beat out. That is another thing. To, who else are you going to beat out? That's a conversation we'll, we'll kind of put a pin in. But what you said earlier about – if Pickett doesn't work with Arthur Smith and this hire kind of catering to the roster because they're not going to change it that much. If they bring in a veteran, they have Rudolph, those guys are going to still be able to be put into the Smith system. It's not like you're going to be bringing in something that's catastrophically different. Even, even Fields could probably fit in uh, if that would to happen. So with that said, what is it about Kenny Pickett that makes him fit in with Arthur Smith so well and why can this offense work for everybody? And where I'm going with that is a lot of this is a conversation about the ground game and Najee could explode and Warren could even be better. And that's kind of what they had a little bit last year. And Pickett could work in because you're going to make this simplified. You've talked about that a little bit. But the one player that feels like that does not totally fit is, say, a George Pickens, a receiver that wants tons of stats and is going to want tons of money in the future and already kind of had situations where people believed he's been in his feelings about not getting enough of a look and that's the life of a receiver so why does this fit in with Pickett and can this save somebody like a George Pickens or are there going to be some players that are just going to have to get used to this because this is better this is a better situation for winning in the roster like are you going to be sacrificing the the enjoyment for one for the betterment of the other well I think it actually fits George Pickens better than a lot of people think. I think okay. Deontay Johnson's the loser. Um, okay. George Pickens can be A.J. Brown. Like, there's no doubt in my mind he can be A.J. Brown. I saw him so many times catch passes over the middle of the field and nearly house them this year that it wasn't even funny. So that those play actions where he catches a dig route 15 yards and just has to be one safety, like, we might see a few 70-yard touchdowns okay. for George Pickens. Okay, that's what he wants. Like, so, I don't okay. feel like Pickens is a loser in this. Okay. Um, and he's also different than Drake London. 
Um, so like that, that's another big thing. Um, he's just a different player than London was. So, um, I feel like Pickens fits this really well. He can be the AJ Brown. I think Deontay Johnson, you know, a guy that is a little smaller, a little tougher uh, to catch the ball over the middle of the field. Um, great route runner, of course, but probably is going to work more in the drop back passing game more than, you know, those play action shots. They can work them on crossers and different things, but you know, he's going to have to block. Um, and, and he just naturally, he's going to have limitations just because of his frame. Um, so, We'll kind of see. I think Deontay Johnson should be a big part of the offense, but he's probably the obvious loser to me. Um, now, are they going to sacrifice anything with the ground game? I, I think I, I don't. I don't love how they fit with the ground scheme. Like I don't love it. Okay. Um, this is not a wide zone running team. Like that is what they are not athletic enough on the offensive line to do it. Yeah. So that's when we talk about uh, Zach Frazier. We're Jack getting. Yeah. We're, Johnson, what do they need? Right? We'll get into we that too. That. Yeah. Um, yeah. Talisi Fuaga. Um, yeah. Tyler Guyton, uh, Amarius Mims, like Jason those are Lincoln. athletes when you're talking about linemen, yes. like the athletes. Are, they yeah. need athletes up front. Yeah, I think also though, this is what I'm talking about with the slight tweaks. Like they need to run more of those gap schemes because okay. Najee Harris on those gap schemes is a monster. Now he's a good wide zone guy too. He, he is, but I just like him better in those gap type of of areas. Yeah. And I think they will work more from that. Jalen Warren, I think is going to have a, a monster year he, in this he, system. I, he fits it very well. I mean, I think Pat Frymo should be pretty happy too. Um, yeah. Just, finally waiting for him to explode and be fully yes, healthy. It's been a couple should. more years than I would have thought that would happen. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but you know, are they sacrificing, you know, guys for the betterment of Kenny Pickett? Maybe. I, I just think that what they're really doing here is, trying to build an offense that can accentuate the playmakers while making sure Kenny Pickett doesn't screw it up. Like, that's really what I think it is. Like, this is not as much about Kenny Pickett saving Kenny Pickett's progression okay. as it is. This is what this guy is. <laughs> Let's set – like, it's like when you're bowling, right? Like, you have the rails up. Like, all right, the rails are going up for you. Like, all you need to do is hit those pins. Like, yeah, Easier said than done, but, yeah, 100%. We'll, we'll keep you going. Like, we'll keep you going. Like, just, yeah. just go. Um, and so that's what I think this is about. I do think they're going to have playmakers make plays. Um, Will I this allow Pickett to move around a little bit more and be able to maybe do some RPO and kind of make some plays like more of what Pickett did in high, in, in college, or is this going to be more of a game quote? What is the phrase always thrown out there is the success of this, where the Steelers are going to force Kenny Pickett to be a game manager who occasionally can make plays or will they let him create the plays by scrambling and changing it up like more of we did at Pitt. No, this is in structure. You you bet it's okay. like one field, half the field read, get it out. Like yeah. they don't Carter Smith doesn't want you playing backyard ball. But the weird fit with him and Kenny Pickett is, you know, under center, they run under center about 50-60% of the time in this Arthur Smith offense. It's not something Kenny Pickett is really like doing a ton. He's a shotgun first quarterback. So no. there's going to be a medium here where I feel like they're going to have to meet, which is what I'm going to say. Pistol is back, baby. Um, so <laughs> they're going to roll pistol probably. Um, they started to – Smith started to implement some different things in the shotgun empty set stuff last year as the year went on. Yeah. I'm thinking we're going to see more of that. I just – I don't think you can ask – I think you can ask Kenny Pickett to become better as a play-action thrower, to get anticipation. I don't think you can ask him to go under center 70% of the time, turn his back to the defense and expect them to do like you can't jump in like that. It's going to have to be a gradual transition. So we're going to have a meet in the middle moment here where 
That's probably going to be the lowest Arthur Smith has had as an OC. He's probably going to be in shotgun more. He's probably going to be in in um in pistol more. And this is why I think a passing game coordinator needs to come on because they're going to not they're going to run a lot of the play action stuff. But when the drop back passing stuff comes on, Arthur Smith is not in his element there. Um, it's it's a little limited, uh, as we talked about to the concepts. So I just want to yeah. see some more kind of routes. Um, just dice it up. Just get a little bit of influence from. Whether that's a McVeigh system, um, whether that is Sean Payton system, whoever Andy Reid, I don't care if it's Eric Bieniemy, for example, <laughs> Andy Reid influencing, you know, Andy Reid concepts influencing that passing game is a good idea. Um, but I just feel like they need a passing coordinator to spice that up because it's going to help the transition with Kenny Pickett um, early in the year. And also, what it will do later in the year is if Kenny Pickett ends up working out in this system, is going to be okay. You are down twenty-one to ten in a playoff game. We can't run the ball anymore. We can't do this play action. Yeah, stuff. yeah, you're right. It's not always going to cater to what you want. Like, right, you need that mode where you can get in shotgun and just pass the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that's them built in the offense. So that's that's kind of what you need. And that's kind of a college mentality. A lot of major programs have a passing game coordinator to re- and and separate even from the quarterback coach, where they really all make it about quarterback development. That would kind of be mirroring what happens at college programs a lot of the time. And I think also doing that, Nick. To be fair to the critics, whether they understand it fully as much as you or not, that don't like the Arthur Smith hire because it either wasn't quote-unquote sexy or they feel like it's not modern and he needs to adapt and they feel like it's not enough of a passing offense, etc. in this modern NFL. If they would do something like that, that might appease some of those critics because then it would be at least you're recognizing we have this OC that fits the players in the roster. This is who we're going to work with. It could even work with Pickett and Pickens and Harris, etc. and Warren, but he might not be a specialist at the passing game. So we're going to be mature and realize that and bring somebody else in that would potentially make a lot of sense. We'll see what happens there. Nick Faribault of Steelers. Now, as we're talking the Pittsburgh Steelers, their off season, a lot's been going on and a lot will continue to go on here in NFL draft season. Mike Austin, Mike drop here on the believe network and everywhere you get your podcasts. So as we transition and you've alluded to this a little bit already, they hire Arthur Smith. We're seeing moves throughout the coaching staff. We're also clearly now aware that Kenny Pickett's going to be on this team and clearly has a leg up as QB1. They may bring somebody else in as a vet, whether it's Rudolph elsewhere, but it's probably going to be Pickett if we're betting. The roster is pretty much set otherwise. What does this team need? Because regardless of Pickett's developing, Rooney also said, and I'm paraphrasing, I'm sick of not winning a playoff game. And obviously Tomlin's coming back and there was still success last year. That's always going to be a debate that we're going to have every single year about how to evaluate him as a Hall of Famer, but how much longer can you go without winning a playoff game? So the fans, everybody, even the franchise, they don't clearly want to go nine wins, crawl in, do it because the conference isn't deep, lose right away, have no real chance. Vegas says he shouldn't even be there. You know you don't even need to book a flight for your next destination. You guys know it's one game and out. They don't want to live that life anymore. So if they don't want to live that life anymore, what do they need to do in this draft realistically to kind of speed up this trajectory and make that not the life they're living? Because they've been living it for almost a decade. Yeah, well, it's a free agency draft combo. And if you can't get to the level with the quarterback, you beef up everything else. Right. The best way for the Steelers to go about this offseason is, first of all, in my opinion, go all out and fix that secondary. Like, get a God-tier secondary. Sign with Jerry Sneed, sign Jalen Johnson. 
Go see what you can do. Trade for a guy. Like okay. you need to make sure that that secondary is elite. And why? Because they have an elite front. They're going to have solid linebacker play. They can sign a third linebacker. I think Atlanta Roberts, Kohokam are a nice one too. Um, so like I, I think that they have a chance here to take this defense from good to great. Right, a lot of a lot of yards last year didn't allow a ton of points. Yeah. Well, next year the goal has to be don't allow a ton of points, don't allow a ton of yards. <laughs> right. Those turnovers going right. Yeah. So the secondary was the biggest reason that didn't happen. So fix that because that is the equalizer. That can be your equalizer, right? That can make you go twelve and five. Like look at the Browns. I know they didn't win a playoff game this year, but they got hurt. You know, they got injuries all, yeah. all, all without great all. quarterback play, too, because yeah. of injuries, et cetera. And they did it. 100%. And so, you know, I mean, they, they can get there um, by doing that. And then I think the second part of that is fixing the O-line. So if, if you can get a solid center tackle, fix that secondary, I think you have a chance here to even with, you know, average quarterback play, you have a chance to really make a run and, and threaten some teams because of what you can do. Um, at those specific positions. And so that's really what you have to do. Um, it, the best way to equalize this kind of field right now of where they are is to make that defense as elite as it can be. And it feels like you have who you have at running back. They drafted Najee in the first round. We've debated it years ago, but that's still there for next year. You have Warren. That is something that now has emerged for you. Prior move is still a tight end that you're working with. The receivers are kind of who you're working with, unless you would move on from Johnson at some point. George Pickens are not giving up on. Kenny Pickett's going to be back. It does feel like the defense, certainly it's been good. TJ Watt has been flirting with J.J. Watt's career, and he has been great when he's in there. But overall, it's been good, not great. Yeah, they went from giving up yards and points to just giving up yards and not points, as you talked about. But they got to still not give up as many yards. And the secondary, Nick, is feel it feels like, I've literally been asking you these type of questions. You've been appearing on shows talking about them needing to fix the secondary for the amount of time we've known each other. And it's still, it's still a thing. So that would help you maybe pick up a win or two and get to that next level. There are teams that win off of the secondary and flip a game or two, and that's still not happening. And then, of course, the O-line. Now, who are some players that you've either seen at the Shrine Bowl, Senior Bowl, we're going to see at the Combine, you just are aware of, that could actually fit into these roles in particular that they could draft? Obviously, Zach Frazier is one that I covered that's dangling out there that I will certainly ask your analysis of Frazier. But outside of him, if they do worry about the secondary more, maybe they can't get Frazier. What, what do you think they should do? What, what do you expect maybe to happen in terms of actual players that you're aware of that they've been connected to that you think these are Steelers guys? It's kind of lucky because, like, the deepest positions in this draft, wide receiver, cornerback, and O-line. Like, that is, like, perfect for the Steelers. Yeah. It's a bad linebacker class. It's a bad running back class. It's not a great defensive tackle class. It's okay because the Steelers probably aren't going to draft those positions. Now, defensive <laughs> tackle maybe, but yeah. um, they are going to draft a receiver at some point, and they're going to get a third receiver. They always and do. Yeah. They can get a solid player in the fourth round, which is, like, perfect for them, honestly. But if we're talking corner, um, top draft fits for corner. Quinion Mitchell um, from Toledo, man. I saw this guy at the Senior Bowl. Best corner, maybe the best player there. Um, he was awesome. He's a long corner. He's six foot three, one ninety five, but he plays stronger than that. He can tackle. He's a press man guy. He and Joey Porter Jr. are mirrors of each other in a lot okay. of ways. Uh, Joey has obviously more length um, than basically any other corner you may have ever seen. Um, <laughs> but 
Quinion Mitchell is a really good player with ball skills. So he's, I think, could be a pick of 20 if you want to go corner there. Okay. There's just so many good players at corner. Kool-Aid McKinstry, Terrion Arnold, Nate Wiggins, like Cooper DeJean. Like there are so many good players there. If you want mid-round options, uh, you look at guys like Jarvis Brownlee from Louisville, Kyrie Jackson um, from Oregon. Like there are so many good players. Uh, you're looking at Josh Newton from TCU. Like there are so many good players uh, at corner in this class. If you want slots, there are lots of those. Uh, my favorite personally is Dadrian Taylor Demerson from um, Texas Tech. He's a really good player. He's a very kind of – he barks a lot. He's yeah, a I've big seen time him. swag yeah. guy. Yeah. Um, he's a guy that kind of maintains – You know, he's chirpy, man. Reminds me a lot of C.J. Gardner-Johnson um, okay. in a good way. Um, he's he's going to be a leader for a team at some point. Um, and he's a big time character guy. Um, he can play safety too. So if you're looking for that running mate next to Minka, can do that and the slot. Um, that's another thing they need to do. They need to add um, a running mate next to Minka Fitzpatrick. And they're getting older. Minka's getting older. Patrick Peterson obviously is getting older. He already was old when he got there. That whole group is getting older and obviously was a weakness this past season for whatever reason. And it yeah. was it was the slowest secondary in football. So they need to add speed. <laughs> right. So, you know, some of those guys I mentioned there, safety, there's a lot of them. Jalen Simpson from Auburn, mm -hmm. Cam Kitchens. Um, from Miami, there's a lot of really good players at that spot. Now, the offensive line. I think is Kitchens is the one that PFF loved all last season. Yeah. He was the one that was always their top grade, no matter where they were grading uh, safeties throughout the season. Yeah, he's awesome, man. He's awesome. Like he's a deep safety. He can be a free safety, but he showed at the Senior Bowl that he can walk up in the slot and man-to-man -man tight ends. They need that tight end eraser, obviously, with how much the tight ends killed them last year. Yeah. So that's a big part of that too. Okay. Um, so they, there's a lot of secondary talent. I didn't even name some of the guys that, you know, they could get. Now it's a so, good picture. Yeah. I mean, O-line center wise, I mean, again, and do you yeah. think the Frazier thing's for real? Because everybody in the region is talking Frazier, the Steelers. He obviously played at WVU from Fairmont. It would not be a far journey. His family is all about his career. They would love, they probably would go to every single game. And he fits to me a Steeler mentality that I'd imagine that if Tomlin either saw film or was watching the game because it was a national TV, Frazier's last moment as a Mountaineer where he got himself off the field with an injury that we later found out needed surgery to avoid that 10 second runoff in a game that they almost lost as an upset. They did end up winning. And if they would have lost, that probably would have been a situation where Neil Brown's job is less safe. The season is less th th than what people think of it as now. It wouldn't have been nine wins, even with the bowl. It, he changed the perception almost of all of last season and maybe himself individually off of that moment. And that seems like that is a heads up intelligent. I can be a future Jeff Saturday leader of this group. I can be a pro, a pro bowler, all pro that type of guy. And he is also athletic and he's been hyped as an NFL pick. When we were at the combine last year. The question of who's the Mountaineer that's going to be here next year. West Virginia players would say, obviously Zach Frazier, he could have been here this year. I mean, he would have been a draft pick last year. Does yeah. he legitimately, do you think that's a real thing? And then who are the other linemen centers, if, if not Frazier to the Steelers? Yeah, no, it's it's an absolute real thing. I mean, he is a perfect fit for Arthur Smith's scheme. Like, that is perfect. He's a, wide zone. Right. He's a wide zone uh, center. He gets out in space. He moves. And I, I love his tenacity. He's strong. He's got that wrestling background that they love. Um, like, he's got a lot of the stuff that, that works. Yeah. At center, he would he's gonna be a decade long starter, like somewhere, if not the Steelers. I do think he'll have success, yeah. I, I do, but I that that feels like the um, 
every single year there is one pick the Steelers have that's like, yeah, man, they're going to draft that guy. You know last they're in year, love with somebody, and they try to pretend they're it's a secret, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like last year, it wasn't Broderick Jones. Like you could say maybe they could draft yeah, Broderick okay. Jones, but there were other tackles or corners. But, you know, Joey Porter Jr. was kind of there, but it was yeah. like, would they actually take him at 17? When he got to 32, it was pretty obvious. I remember one of the Devin Bush pick because they had to yeah. trade up to get him, but that was one that it was always like, will they really do it, but they love him? And obviously it didn't work out. <laughs> Bush was one. Yeah. Any Pickett Get wasn't Pickett one. Was I mean, I mean he, they, you do they liked him, but like it was a quarterback no matter what. The one I remember the most really being telegraphed was Najee. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that was our big media that. debate on whether they should have done that or not. But, but like yeah. Broderick, yeah, you could have predicted, but it could have been Darnell, right? It could have been, you know, whoever else. Um, it could have been Joey at that point. Um, but I remember last year, I knew it for a fact they were drafting Keanu. Like, I knew that was coming. It was so obvious. I feel the same way about Zach Frazier. I'm telling you, that second round pick, they might That's even. What I mean, do you, do you think that he would be there for them if they just let I the draft know. play out? If they go corner at 20, do you think he would still be there? Because as much as we're saying his value is increasing and he's impressing everybody, every other team's probably impressed too. This isn't yeah. just the Steelers. So I don't know if he'll be there at 51, but I know they, they would trade up for him. Okay, they I love him enough they that they would they would do that, you think? I think they would. I think they would. You know, they have two fourths. They have some flexibility to go up and maybe give up one of those fourths to go up and get a guy like Zach Frazier, and they should. He's going to be a starter. He's going to be a stud. He's going to be day one in there. An upgrade the same pick, it almost feels like, at this point. And you could argue that he would have been a draft pick last year, but I actually think yeah. he increased his value this past season. And he I don't should. think he would have been a second-round pick last year. He but just he feels like a like he just he, does, like, he does kind of feel that like, way. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. It in their own backyard, basically. Yeah. Perfect scheme fit, like exactly what they need. Now imagine a Mountaineer have... saving the career of a Pit Panther, too. Because that yeah. would be then what would jokingly be brought up and that connection would be there. <laughs> and that's not why they're gonna draft him. If he played at Toledo and he was the same guy, they would take him too. But that would be an interesting connection based on how polarizing Pickett's been being a pit player. So that yeah, be... so Pickett's gonna throw to the Penn State tight end and the and <laughs> taking the snap from the from the, the West Virginia Mountaineer. Yeah, hey, I don't. Th I think Tomlin will take it all over the region and call all those coaches and thank him if he ends up actually getting a playoff win. Oh, <laughs> out of that regime, he might sure. care, dude. They'll draft no, someone from Gannon if that works. I don't 100%. like, like, yeah. man, <laughs> they will. Yeah, like you look at Frazier and he just fits them so well. Now I don't know. Maybe they draft Jackson Powers Johnson. I mean that he fits them very well too. I just. I have a hard time seeing them taking a center in round one. I do. I don't. Where's Frazier on your board? Frazier's like right after Jack's Park. Okay. So they. Like in uh, the 30s. So um, if they don't take a center in round one, you're then getting to like where you're willing to bet that they're, 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 oh. they're zeroing in on Frazier because they can't go oh. the first two picks without him. They would have to almost be willing 100%. to trade up. 100%. They are going to. And it could also be that they think in their mind, Nick, that, okay, he's number two in our board too, but we need more than just center. We are comfortable with the relatively local kid that is super intelligent, super athletic. He can be our number one, and we're not going to worry about that that twenty pick at center. We will once we we punt that pick for center. We'll then go make sure we get Frazier at some would other. Not, would that. not surprise me if the first two picks for the Steelers are tackle center. Would not surprise. Yeah, they're, they're kind of Steelers like, safe picks too. Yeah, tackle center corner. Anyone be surprised okay. if those are the first three picks? Like I wouldn't be. Tackle center, quarterback, tackle center, receiver, something like that. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, it, it'll work out that way, I think. But I really think that Zach Frazier fits like the sweet spot of, okay, perfect value for center, starter, 
local. Like he is the perfect fit. And we're, this is not a case where it's like the guy went to WVU. You got to draft him because he went to WVU. Like no, yeah, he's yeah. a legitimately great center. He is going to be a great football player. Um, so I don't think they can miss this. One. I think they have to get him. If they don't take Powers Johnson in round one, I think they have to get Frazier. Um, so I, I love that, you know, and then we talk about kind of other O-line fits, you know, a tackle. I was uh, I was telling you about some of those names earlier, tackle, um, the Talisi Fuagas, um, the Tyler Gaitans, um, the Amaris Mimses, the J.C. Lathans. Like, yeah, Mims, yeah. A, a few of those names are probably not going to be there. 20, but I bet you at least two of them will be. So if Amaris Mims and Tyler Gaitan on the board, just take one of them. Like, that's what I would do. Um, yeah. I, I just think it's, it's such a talent-rich tackle class. Like, it is one of the deepest tackle classes at the top I can remember in recent memory, and it's deep at right tackle specifically, which is very interesting considering <laughs> I will call for them to move Broderick Jones back to the left side where he is natural. Um, they could draft Marius Mims and be cool with that. They can draft Fuaga and be cool with that. They could draft Guyton and be cool with that. They are set, man. Like They have a perfect okay. draft board right now where if you look at it, you say they have a lot of options. They, they, have, so they, have, they options. clearly have a, and, and it's, it, the layman would be able to tell you these are the clear positions of need for the Steelers: offensive line, secondary, maybe receiver, etc. Clearly, those are the position of need. And maybe if you want to take a quarterback later, sure, because you're not going to get one of those top guys in, in the first five picks. And you have so much depth at those positions that you're talking about. We can't get all the names on on this show, but that just tells you that if they don't end up with Frazier, don't end up with, with Mims, don't end up with a couple of these players, there's other options that will still make it a successful draft. There are ways to make it an A, but it's almost impossible for this to be worse than a B-minus draft unless they really screw it up. It does seem like there's a path to a successful drafter. Nick Faribault from Steelers now. I got a couple more for you. Number one, on the Frazier front, everyone, and this is – Media of rivals, media of WVU, media of the NFL, fans of rivals, fans of WVU, etc. There's nobody that doesn't like Frazier doesn't appear. All the Frazier comments are respect him, intelligent, athletic. He would be great. Are there any negatives of Zach Frazier that could you could see that actually could prevent this guy from being a future Hall of Famer? Because it seems like everyone and their brothers inducting him in Canton in 15 years, regardless of what team he plays on, that always makes you nervous. He is coming off of an injury, even though he appears to be impressing at these events, even though he's not actually literally playing because, again, he's recovering from an injury. And then separate from Frazier, before we do close up shop here, I do want to get your thoughts. You didn't mention him earlier. I know you covered him. I wrote about him. You gave me content to write about him. Frazier's teammate last year at WU in Beanie Bishop, who went from group of five to didn't work out in the Big Ten. People thought he's not an NFL player to a consensus All-American that arguably could have even been better and left some picks on the field and now probably is going to be an NFL player when that was not the case a year ago. He's also a big personality. For anybody who doesn't know that, watch the videos, read the writing from Nick and I about Beanie Bishop. So I do want to get your thoughts on Beanie before we, we close up shop here. But what's are there negatives? What are the negatives of Zach Frazier that could actually derail this of not being the career that everybody thinks it'll be? Well, I'm not sure if I'm putting him in Canton, but you know, he's well, not... I'm exaggerating, but you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, that there's right. nobody I don't if you right no. now Google search negatives of Zach Frazier, it's gonna be tough to read any. He's just such a solid player. So I mean, first of all, he doesn't have great length. Most centers don't, but you know, longer tackles will be able to get into his frame a little bit and push him back. Okay. Um, he's not like an elite lateral athlete, um, which can have issues. Um, but I look at this guy, man, and say, 
wow, is he not just such a solid player? Great pad level, of course. We talked There's about enough there to like that you're not going to worry about the negatives. Yeah, that he's kind of the strong, thing? <laughs> too. He's got yeah. great grip strength. Um, his core strength is great. Um, he's just so solid. Um, and he's a better athlete than people will give him credit for. Um, little stiff in the hips, but not too stiff to where it's like, oh, I can't get him, you know, out in space or anything. So is there anything that can derail it? I mean, sure, that length may be becoming a bigger problem where he just can't yeah. kind of anchor down, but I, I don't see it happening. Um, he's, he's really just, mature, too, I will tell you. Yeah. Like this, there is, if he is on the Steelers, especially with a quarterback that has his career in flux, would not be shocked in a year from now, people are saying Zach Frazier should be a captain. I mean, he is that much of a leader of of men. He, he's been a leader at WU forever. High school, he was a leader. He's married. Like, he is, he's basically acting mentality-wise like he's 35 years old, even though he's in his early 20s. So that's good from that position. That I, I wouldn't be shocked. WU Pitt thing's kind of funny. Him and Pickett might become best friends. They both have that mature type of thing, very similar personality-wise. So I, I could see that being a benefit, too. 100%. He's just such a solid player, and he's got great hand usage. Um, he, he's a really good player that you should feel like um, you should just trust. And so I, I don't feel like a lot of bad things are going to happen there. I feel like he's going right. to be a day one starter yeah. and ready to go. Now, is he going to be an all-pro player? Maybe not. Um, but is he going to be a solid starter that I can trust for 10 years? I think so. Okay. Um, yeah. Beanie Bishop, on the other hand, is pretty interesting. I could tell, you know, I didn't even cover Beanie, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. you know, for the whole season, but I did get to talk to him, obviously, at the Shrine Bowl. Man, he's got a chip on his shoulder. He wears every bit of disrespect <laughs> to say the least, yes. he ever gets. Um, right. I love that mentality from that kid. Um, you know, he struggled a little bit in man-to-man at the Shrine Bowl, but also when you look on tape, he's not really that bad there. He's physical. He's willing to put his nose in the fan. Um, he just He's a great blitzer. Um, he comes downhill, tackles really well, lays the wood, has great ball skills. I can see him, and, and this is my comparison for him, I can see him becoming a guy like Arthur Mullet. Um, okay. Where, you know, he's only about 5'10", 5'9", but, man, he hits hard. He's He blitzes very well, and he makes plays. And so, you know, he might let up a little bit in man coverage, but this is a guy that you draft in the fourth, fifth round. He'll stick around on your team. He'll be a net culture positive. He'll feed into kind of all of those – you know, negative concerns he got pre-draft. He'll yeah. take the fourth or fifth round draft kind of grade as disrespect, and he'll wear it on his shoulder, and he'll become a really nice slot defender for you. And so I really like Beanie in terms of that. Um, again, not not sure he's going to be an elite, you know, slot. Um, I, I don't think he is going to be, but can he be a really solid player in this league? Absolutely. And he's versatile, yeah. too. I think that's that's the other thing. Yeah. They played him at corner slot and safety. I think he can do a few more things than just slot, too. Yeah, and, and he was the reason why, because the stat that not everybody knows that maybe surprises you, but West Virginia was right up there in, in ball rate, ball hawk rate, almost the whole season. Good, bad, or ugly, they were right up there in ball hawk rate the whole year. That's because of Beanie. I mean, Aubrey Burks was hurt most of the year. That's because of Beanie. He was always right there getting his hands in the ball. Had four picks, could have been more, but I think the great part about Beanie is is what you mentioned at the beginning of that story. It does not matter where he's drafted. He's going to find a place. Even if he's not drafted, he'll get in there, and he plays with that chip on your shoulder that you want. His first day to us in the media, he sat there and said, I should have been here last year because Minnesota didn't use me right. Right under the bus. Right under the bus, Minnesota. He was the guy that after the backyard brawl sat there in the press conference after a pick and said, we knew this was coming when we watched film. Phil Jerkovic is not good at his job. 
And actually, Austin Beck told and I looked at each other like, wow, like that is the, that is a lot to hear from somebody that hadn't been this personality before. It's almost like, Nick, he got on a spotlight of a major conference, major program that was winning that wasn't where he was barely being used at Minnesota and just decided, I'm going to unleash my personality. <laughs> and maybe there are some NFL fans that won't like that from a fifth round pick. If he tries to drop bombs with the media as a fifth round pick, who's trying to make a team, I could see that maybe being a negative. I could see certain coaches, like if say Bill Belichick was still around and put him on the Patriots back in the day, he wouldn't love that and would try to silence Beanie. But if Beanie can be in a situation where he can be himself and can play with that chip on his shoulder, then I think the sky is a limit for him regardless of where he is drafted. And he's a guy that it's hard to root against because he he really does take everything personally. If Like this show, if he would listen here, he probably would be zeroing in on Nick Faribault. I got to show him. Sounds crazy, but that's the life of Beanie Bishop. And that's generally, Nick, what can lead athletes to have success. Like That's almost, you, you want that, you like that a little bit. But of course... Will it be interesting to see what his personality is once he gets to the NFL, though? Because being a consensus All-American in college at a program you're turning around, you can be a personality. When you're a fifth-round pick in the NFL, there's going to be a lot of other teammates of his that might eventually tell him, hey, shut up, you're a fifth-round pick, like, make the team first. So so we'll see what his first press conference is, where he is in the NFL. But it is appointment TV, and any media that thinks, oh, it's ho-hum, fifth-round pick, I already got this pre-written, we're good, nah. That, that is not the life of covering Beanie Bishop. You don't know what you're going to hear. He's almost a player, I think you even told me this, that you want to talk to again. Like, you're excited. Yeah. I got to talk to this guy again, and I got to find a way to talk to him again because you want to hear from him. And, and the comment's going to be better if he's a six-round pick or something. Can you imagine yeah. that interview? And he's fun, <laughs> and he wears that chip on his shoulder, and that's going to be does. for his game. Yeah, he, he really, really does, and it's a shame that he didn't have more than one year at WVU because I think he really fit in culturally and personality there, and Minnesota did not use him. I mean, that's proof in the pudding. Great group of five success. He's a consensus All-American at WVU, did nothing prior. It's hard not to put that on Minnesota, and he puts it there. So we'll see what his NFL career becomes. Nick, I appreciate the time, man. I'll be seeing you at the Combine for sure. We'll have some steak and, and, and beers in addition to covering all these guys. In not that long from now, in a few weeks in Indianapolis. So I appreciate it, man. You got to bring the flow game to co the combine, too. You're not going to cut <laughs> it before the combine. You're going to bring it with you. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming with me. Don't worry. Okay. About it. All right, man. You ain't miss. All right. <laughs> Nick Faribault again of Steelers Now, as I will let him go back to his coverage at Steelers Now as they churn content there for us at this sport within the sports now family networks again at Steelers. Now that was Nick Faribault and I will now wrap things up <laughs> because that was a great conversation with Nick and there's nothing more. I really can touch on or need to touch on. He hit it out of the park. We got to it all. So you can find this in every episode of Mike drop here made possible by the believe network everywhere you get your podcast, Apple podcast, tune in, Google play, etc. You can also find me, of course, on social media at MikeOsti11. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.